Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. Great to be back with all of our listeners again today. And how blessed we are to have this opportunity to come together each day here on Search the Scriptures and study a little bit more from God's Word, to learn a little bit more from those rich teachings and truths that God has provided for us to guide us to the best life that we could possibly live on this earth with the greatest hope, and that is eternal life with Him in heaven, giving us the greatest direction, And that direction is the direction of righteousness and godliness, and also with the greatest promises, the blessings that come by being in Christ. Ephesians chapter 1, beginning with verse 3. Well, so many people, they don't take advantage of all that God offers us through his word. And how sad that is. How sad. You know, you think about somebody who is really ill. Maybe some of you have known somebody like that. They, they were just struggling with some kind of physical illness or some kind of physical handicap or impairment. Maybe they'd been injured in some way. But anyway, instead of going to the doctor, they just tried to tough it out and loved ones and friends around them would say, you need to go to the doctor. You know, you've been struggling with this for so long. You need to go to the doctor. And in reality, there's probably a way that they can be helped medically, but they just refuse to go. They insist they're just not going to go to the doctor. They're not going to see seek any kind of medical help there. And so they suffer. They struggle. Well, that's on a physical plane. That's like somebody who has the opportunity to be forgiven of their sins, to be redeemed, to be saved, to receive the promise of eternal life, but they just walk away from it. Now, what could be more blessed than that to be given forgiveness and salvation and eternal life through Jesus Christ? And yet so many people, they just walk away from it. They, they refuse to take the medicine, so to speak. <laughs> How foolish that is. Well, here in Search the Scriptures, we want to help you learn how to be forgiven, how to be saved, and how to live the Christian life faithfully. We want to help you get to heaven. We're not here to get your money. We just want to help you get to heaven. When we offer free Bible studies, and we offer them every single day, and and, and copies of our program on CD, it's always free. And we'll even take care of the postage. Now, that's different from most religious broadcasts. But that's the way we operate. We want to help you get to heaven. We're not after your money. At the end of the program, we're going to tell you how to contact us. So have a pencil or pen and piece of paper ready. Jot down that information and then contact us. Ask for the free Bible study. Ask for a copy of today's program on CD. We will gladly send them to you. And again, we'll even take care of the postage. We encourage you to go to our website at churchofchrist.com. Churchofchrist.com. Scroll down the home page to the podcast button. Click on that. And in about one minute, you can sign up for our podcasting. You can encourage your friends and your family members, your work associates, your neighbors, anybody and everybody to do the same thing. Click on that podcast button. In about one minute, you can sign up for our podcasting. 
And when you do that, you'll automatically receive these radio programs to your device, your smartphone, your computer, your laptop, your pad, whatever it is, and they will go automatically every day and it will be free. You'll also receive all of our sermons, all of our Bible classes that we podcast, and today's Bible class. And that's a short, about a 12-minute Bible study each day to help get us focused in a better way on the day. All of that will be free. And we encourage you, and it will all be automatic as well, we encourage you to take advantage of that. Now, many people, they listen to the program here on Search the Scriptures frequently, but because of work schedules or other busy schedules in their lives, they can't, they can't listen all the time at the times they come on. But in this way, you'll receive the programs every day. So take advantage of that. We're going to get back into our study on grace. And we have begun to look at a new section in that study, and it's our response to God's grace. There are a lot of people out there who teach about the grace of God, but they they bring it to a close before they complete the study. Now, they think they've, they've got it all down. They say, hey, it's all God's grace. There's nothing we do. There's nothing we're responsible for or anything. Well, we've been seeing that that's not true. Now, how, do we, how are we saved? By God's grace? God saves us. We don't save ourselves. There's no way that we can save ourselves. Nothing we can do in and of ourselves to obligate God to save us or in some way in doing something that we save ourselves. Now, we don't save ourselves. But God saves us by his grace. At the same time, that salvation by God's grace is an offer to us. We have to come to him in the way that he has laid out for us in scripture in order for us to receive that salvation by his grace. He saves us, but he wants us to come to him in the proper way that he has given guidance for us to do in his word. And we talked about how God expects obedience. Obedience. We looked at 1 Corinthians chapter 15 in the first several verses where Paul lays out the gospel of Christ. And he says there to the Christians in Corinth, and of course it's to those who have become Christians or those who would become Christians of any age, in any area, at any time. And he said, the gospel, I preach to you the gospel of Christ by which you are saved if you hold fast the word. Now, then he lays out in a succinct form what the gospel is, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But now, how do we get saved by the gospel of Christ? How do we hold fast to the word? That's the response we're talking about, to God's offer by his grace that we can come to him for salvation through Jesus Christ. Well, we noted that we must obey the gospel. Now again, Paul said, by which you are saved, if you hold fast the word that you have been taught. We looked in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 17, where Peter said, judgment will begin with the household of God. In other words, the church. 
And if it begins with us, what about those who have not obeyed the gospel? Oh, obedience to the gospel. Not obeyed the gospel. You know, I would suggest to you that probably most Christians, though, now let me paraphrase, let me, let me qualify that. Most people who would call themselves Christians do not know, they cannot tell you from Scripture how you obey the gospel. Many of them would be at something of a loss to even explain to you what the gospel is. I'm not talking about fanciful reasoning here. I'm talking about facts. How do you obey the gospel? Peter said judgment is going to be, he's painting a dire picture for those who have not obeyed the gospel. In fact, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 7 and 8, we noted that Paul said, and he gave us kind of a nutshell, short view of what it's going to be like on the final day of judgment. He said, when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In Romans chapter 2, in verse 8, we noted how, again, the Apostle Paul, in a different letter, talked about how those who have not obeyed the truth, well, their lot eternally will be indignation and wrath and tribulation and anguish on every soul who does evil. You see, we must be obedient. That's the response that God expects from us. In Romans chapter 10 and verse 16, we read, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So as we closed our program last time, we talked about how do we obey the gospel? What is it we do? What is that obedience that God expects from us? Again, even in our obedience, we do not save ourselves. God saves us. But in order, and it's by his grace. That's the only way we can be saved, by his grace. But he expects us to come to him in obedience. And then, by his grace, he will save us. You see, we're not saving ourselves, but we have to come to him his way. In Romans chapter 6, we noted in verses 1 through 6, where Paul, he asks the rhetorical question, what shall we say? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? You want to just keep on sinning because you say, oh, God's grace is so great. It's so abundant. It's so tremendous. We just, no, it doesn't matter how much we sin. It, his grace is just going to be showered on us. He responds to that rhetorical question, saying the King James Version translates it, God forbid, God forbid that we have such an attitude. The New King James Version says, certainly not. How shall we who have died to sin live any longer in it? Now, what is that basic gospel message? The death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We read that. Paul laid that out back in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the first several verses. So, how shall we who have died to sin live any longer in it? died to sin. 
Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Now Paul is laying out here how we obey the gospel. We have to die to sin and the guilt that goes therewith. That's called repentance. We are baptized into Christ Jesus. There's no way to get around that phrasing. How do we get into Christ? He tells us right here. Baptized into Christ Jesus. But what else happens? We're baptized into his death. Now, what is the gospel, the basic nutshell form of the gospel message, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. As we're baptized into Christ, we're baptized into his death. We die to sin. And then what does the next verse say? Romans chapter 6 and verse 4. Therefore we are buried with him through baptism into death. What's the gospel message? The death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. How do we obey the gospel? We die to sin as we're baptized into Christ. And how are we baptized? We're buried with him. Now what does that mean? We're immersed in the waters. We're plunged completely under the waters. That's what the word in the original language, the Greek means, baptizo. It means a burial. Plunge, dip, submerge, immerse. So we're buried with him as we're plunged beneath those waters. As we are plunged beneath the waters of baptism, we are in a spiritual likeness uniting with him in his death and burial in that tomb. And then what did he do? He came forth from the grave, didn't he? The death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. So what happens as we come forth from that water? We are resurrected to a new life. Jesus was put into that tomb dead physically. He came out of that tomb alive physically. When we are buried in those waters of baptism, we have been dead in our sins, but we're buried with Christ. And therein, the blood that he shed on that cross cleanses us of the guilt of our sins and we come up out of that water resurrected unto a new life spiritually. A new life. The next verse says, For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, through baptism, that's what the context is talking about here. Obeying the gospel, being baptized into Christ, baptized into his death, buried with him in those waters of baptism, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. We come up out of that watery grave of baptism, reborn spiritually. Reborn. The Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, how do we get into Christ again? We just read that back in Romans chapter 6 and verse 3. Know you, do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ? So here Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. 
we're resurrected from that watery grave of baptism, having died to sins, having been buried with Christ in baptism, we're raised up from that watery grave to walk a new life. To walk a new life. In fact, verse 4 again of Romans chapter 6, therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death through baptism, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. You see, Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter 3, verses 3 through 5, that except a man be born again of the water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. This is how we obey the gospel. This is how we come to God in, his, in response to his offer of salvation by grace. This is the response he expects of us. We must have faith in him. Hebrews 11 and verse 6. Without faith it is impossible to please him. We must have faith in Jesus Christ, his son, as our Lord and Savior and God's son. Jesus said, if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. John chapter, uh, John chapter 8 and verse 24. And then we must obey. When Jesus told the apostles to go into the, all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, he said, he who believes and is baptized shall be saved. Mark 16, 15 and 16. Again, that Hebrews writer in Hebrews chapter 5 and verses 8 and 9, though he were a son, speaking of Christ, yet he learned obedience through the things which he suffered. And having been made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation to everyone or to all who obey him. God offers us salvation by his grace. But we must come to him in obedience for us to be saved by his grace. Again, we don't save ourselves. Even our obedience does not save us in and of ourselves. But God expects obedience from us as we come to him for his salvation by grace. He saves us. But if we don't come to him in obedience, then we can forget about the salvation. What did Jesus say? In John chapter 14 and verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. That's talking about obedience. Now, what did, what did the apostle Peter write? In 2 in, in Peter chapter, I'm sorry, 1 uh, Peter chapter 1, let me turn over there quickly. 1 Peter chapter 1, and let's, let's look beginning with verse 22. He says, since you have purified your souls, now purified your souls, illustrative language, you've been forgiven. You've been saved. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth, obeying the truth, 
Verse 23, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God. God gave us his word to guide us to salvation. His word teaches us what God wants us to do to come to him for salvation. Now, he is the one who will save us, but we have to come to him in faith and obedience. And then he saves us, and that's all by his grace. It's not anything that we earn. It's his gift to us. But he expects a response for him to give us the gift. That response does not save us. He saves us. But without the response, the gift is withdrawn. In Romans chapter 3, beginning with verse 23, Paul said, All have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. By his grace. And again, in Romans 6 and verse 23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Once again, we ask the question, how do we come into Christ? We've read that, haven't we? In Romans chapter 6 and verse 3, we're, bab we're baptized into Christ. Baptized into Christ. Now these are all scriptures from God's word. I'm not changing anything. I'm not manipulating any of the words. I'm reading them to you as they were laid out for us in Scripture. This is what God expects of us if we want to be saved by his grace. He does the saving, but we must come to him in faithful obedience. We'll study a little bit deeper next time. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for loving us so much that you offer us salvation, and it's all by your grace. Thank you for loving us so much that you sent your Son into this world to die on that cross to pay the price for the guilt of our sins, so that through him we could be forgiven as we come to you in faithfulness, in obedience, so that you will save us by your grace. Please, Father, help us to humble ourselves and submit to your will and come to you your way. Praise, glory, and honor be to you, Father. Please forgive us, gracious Father. This is our prayer in Christ's name. Amen.